I'm just going to try and speak today freely. I've got my diary in front of me, which I might read some, some little extracts from, because it has been quite an interesting few days slash weeks. And I also have a pile of sketchbooks in front of me. And the reason being is because I thought this episode would be about identity. Identity when you become a mother and what happens to it. Because I've been feeling that quite a lot recently, fourth time round. And it's weird that I haven't really had this problem before with my identity when I've had a baby. I've very much felt that I knew who I was, what I wanted to do, what I wanted to say creatively, uh, what I wanted to put out there creatively, not just on my own. Um, this time, fourth time round, and I know I'm only 10 weeks in, the baby is 10 weeks old today. I definitely have felt slightly lost and not in a sad way. I don't feel lost in a sad way. I actually feel quite touch wood. There's, there's wood under this beautiful floral scarf I got on Beyond Retro when I was 19. I haven't let go of. Um, I, I feel quite good at the moment in lots of ways. I, I feel physically quite well. I think that's because of breastfeeding. I think breastfeeding just ramps my metabolism up and I feel like I'm on speed the entire time. Um, I've never taken speed, but I think I would enjoy speed. I feel very secure in my relationship. Um, and especially now that he's back in the country, that's great. And I am really enjoying being a mum. I really love it. But... I do have this little ticking in my ear the entire time that says, what are you going to do next? What are you going to do next? What are you going to do next? You need to earn money. You need to pay your rent. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You got to write this book. You got to write this book. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to write? How are you going to be relevant? How are you going to stay cool? How are you going to look like Dua Lipa? I don't know why I said Dua Lipa. And do you say it Dua or Dua? Dua Lipa. She's a doer. She gets stuff done. I was actually quite jealous because Alfie went to Paris to watch the... Liverpool, Real Madrid, Madrid final. <laughs> and he had a terrible time, like everyone did, because it was, sounds really scary. But he, he, he then went to Liverpool for the celebrations on the Sunday. And I got quite angry when I heard that he had done a lot of dancing to Dua Lipa, One Kiss. Got quite, quite, quite jealous. Didn't tell him, because I'm cool. But he does listen to this, so he he will hear that now. Got very jealous. Don't tell me that you danced to Dua Lipa. I don't want to know that you danced to Dua Lipa. Dance to me. Dance to my soothing voice. Um, so, yes, it, I, I just feel slightly lost creatively. And that's a problem because I'm a creative. Am I a creative? I think I'm a creative. I'm a creative person. And my job is a creator of things writing, doodling, doodling, which was basically my entire identity of my twenties. And, and what, what else do I do? Shit. Writer. Did I say writer? <laughs> Actor, but that's irrelevant. Cause you know, I get one job a year. Um, and what's my other job? Maker, maker of children. <laughs> I do too many, I don't know, content, is content a thing? Creative, I'm a creative person who makes things in lots of different areas and channels. 
whatever, YouTube, YouTube. I'm a YouTuber. Well, I'm not a YouTuber. I'm going to become a YouTuber and I'm going to get onto that. So I just, I just feel a bit lost. And I, and I think it's because I maybe was slightly cocky or arrogant that having another baby would be simple and easy and, oh, it's fine. We can afford it. It's fine. But suddenly it feels to be catching up with me and um, my arrogance is, is to blame, I think. It's really hard having more than one kid. It's really hard having one kid. It's really hard being pregnant. That really took its toll this time with COVID and norovirus. And I just feel like I, I lost a bit of me in that pregnancy because I was focusing entirely on creating this new thing whilst protecting my three others. And 10 was only eight months when I got pregnant. So I was still reeling from him and recovering from his pregnancy and birth and really traumatic afterbirth and then him getting COVID and like loads of stuff. Just, I feel like it's taken its toll and I feel like I finally had to just stop and recover from everything. And that has left no space for making. And I, I've never been in that position before since I was forever. Well, I mean, as a, as a career, since I was 19, I've just been doing and doing and doing. And so I feel quite scared that I, I suddenly don't know what's going to happen. So this was uh, made worse by having a really lovely moment with my daughter, Margot, who's five. So we went upstairs, we had a, a handyman over to put up some shelves, but then we realized that the walls are too concrete for the shelves. So we spent a whole day basically waiting for the shelves to be put up and then they can be put up and uh, it's really annoying. It happens all the time. I'm, I seem to always have a handyman booked to do something that can't be done. It's a really annoying. Anyway, we did manage to get three little shelves up rather than the, the big shelf that I wanted. And I, I realized I can't say shelf without doing the action, which really annoys Alfie, but I enjoy doing it. It doesn't really annoy him. Just, just you know, it's a jokey, annoy thing, just in case. Um, <laughs> so we were in my office, which I'm sitting in now. And if you're watching this on Patreon, hi, you can see my office is right here behind me. This is my shelves. And if I could just pan the camera this way, you would see a stack of sketchbooks. And the sketchbooks contain hundreds and hundreds, thousands of doodles I did in my 20s and, and 30s, early 30s. Fuck, I'm now mid 30s. I'm mid 30s. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> Sorry, why did I just go and vomit? Not that I, um, you know, don't, you know, I, I just, I, you know, when you just don't feel like your age, I don't, I feel like I'm, 27. That's how old I feel. So it's just quite a shock to know that I'm not. Anyway, it's also a shock to know that I'm the age, I'm like a mum age. I'm a mum age. And you know, when you think of your mum at your age, and then you go into that kind of horrible rebounding kind of thought of, oh God, what was she doing at this age? And what am I doing at this age? And how much better was she at my general? All that stuff. Um, so anyway, Margot just very innocently picked up a sketchbook. It happened to be one called Pining. I'd started writing this graphic novel, which never got made, obviously, called Pining. And it was all about, um, well, a lot of it was about sex and a lot of it was about wanting to have sex. <laughs> 
And unfortunately, she picked it up. Luckily for her, my doodles are not very good and obviously not anatomically correct because I'm not a fine artist. And she looked in them and I quickly took that one off her, by the way. And then she looked in another one and then another one. And there was just like so many doodles. And obviously a lot of them were fine, maybe bad. Some of them were really funny. Some of them were really good. And I don't recognize that person now. I don't know who she is. I... And that's natural because you you age and you develop and you have different tastes and your life goes in different directions. So, of course, I'm not the same person as the person who was doing those doodles. But my productivity and my ability to just put stuff out there and not think about it and just not worry if it was fine. I had this kind of need to put something out there every day, whether that be on YouTube or Twitter back then. Instagram wasn't really a thing then, thank God, because I would have gone insane a lot earlier. Um, so as she was looking at them and she was really laughing at the doodles and I, I was so touched that she was finding them funny. I just thought, oh, I, I was almost looking at them like an observer when a few years ago I'd have looked at them like, well, that's my arm or that's my leg. That's my thing. I belong, that belongs to me. But now I look at it like that's different person. And I kind of was mourning that person. If that doesn't sound too outrageously self-indulgent. So that's where I am right now. Hello, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> These are the the doodles. I mean, all of them are crazy and all of them are very much, um, you know, I mean, like, for instance, this is one, a, a girl comes into a flat and there's a load of gu- guitars on the wall and she goes, wow, cool, you play guitar? And the guy says, no, the flat was furnished. Do you want to leave now? Just very simple. Very si- I shouldn't read them out because this is a podcast. I realize that it's not a, you can't see them, but the people who are watching can see this. There's just one, just a, a little Pinocchio boy with a huge nose and just very, very bad handwriting. Just says, liar. I think I was uh, a bit angry at a boy back then. Anyway, I won't read any more out. A lot of them are, about, are worried about being, um, about not being that, Oh God, this is a sticky subject, but a lot of them are definitely about body image and feeling uh, not not the appropriate body image for maybe the industry that I was in, which was, you know, the art industry where thin is what you sh- you you are meant to be or should be, or you think you should be. And uh, that also makes me a bit sad as well to think, I probably spent a lot of time thinking about a lot of time thinking about how I should lose weight. And the, the the interesting thing about right now, fourth child in is I'm really enjoying my body in a different way than I have before. So with Donnie, I was kind of amazed because with polycystic ovaries, which I probably have spoken about a lot, I, I really believe that my body switched on when I was pregnant with Donnie and my metabolism was like, right, okay, I'm ready to start now. And I lost weight. I actually lost, well, I don't know because I don't, don't weigh myself because I'm, you know, I have a massive phobia of scales, but I, I definitely got thinner throughout the pregnancy in, in obviously the bump grew and it was all fine, but I lost weight and I definitely continued with Margot's pregnancy. That was quite quick after Donnie's. I definitely just got, I was at my thinnest with Margot's pregnancy. And that's not to say that I was 
trying to be thin. I, I think I was just one of those lucky Victoria Beckham types who says that they lose weight during pregnancy. Now I think that she was lying, but maybe she wasn't. Maybe I am like Victoria Beckham. Her metabolism just sped up when she was pregnant. And that's why she got so thin. Anyway, <laughs> I've massively taken a uh, little detour here. But um, And then with tens, I think I was very, very conscious of not gaining weight because I was worried that I was, well, I knew that I was going to be doing a filming job and I was having to wear the same costumes. And that was part of it. But also I just, I really don't enjoy having to to have portion control. <laughs> so I like eating big portions of food. And usually it's really healthy food, but even if it's not, unfortunately I can eat a lot of food. So I don't, if I had to lose weight for something specific, if I was told I had to lose weight, it's, I just can't bear, I can't bear that. I can't bear feeling hungry or anything like that. So I just, I don't, I try not to gain weight so that I don't have to lose it if I'm told to. Anyway, now I'm getting very neurotic, but basically this time around, I've really enjoyed my body changing and it's definitely, my hips are wider. My boobs are bigger than they've ever been. Even though I've breastfed each time, like they're just weirdly bigger this time. Um, I, I really enjoy being a bit more of me and maybe that comes with age, but I'm, I'm not worried about it for the first time. And I, I'm really glad that I'm having that experience because so many women have a really healthy attitude to their body and weight, but mine is so messed up. I mean, you can hear how messed up it is, um, that I've never really just been a bit kinder to myself. So I'm, that's where I am with that. That's a good thing. I'm definitely feeling, I don't know, softer in many ways. And that's nice. So the baby is 10 weeks and he started smiling, which is a massive relief because if you have a baby, you'll know this. Everyone asks, oh, has he smiled yet? Oh, has she smiled yet? Very early on. And it's really intimidating because then you get worried that your baby's not, you know, doing the the right thing, hitting the right marks. And you're already on a, on a, in a system then. Well, you have to tick the box to, right, smiling, done, tick, move on to the next, next target. Can he laugh? Can he tell a joke? Um, so the baby didn't smile very quickly. And I think they all smiled very quickly. So I was a little bit nervous about that, but it's stupid because every baby is different. But the doctor specifically said, has he started smiling yet? And I said, no. And this was at the eight week checkup. And at the eight week checkup, they're meant to smile apparently. And he said, okay, well, if he's not smiling in a couple of weeks, definitely, you know, bring him in. I was like, what the, what? Another thing. I've just been in hospital with him. Another thing. So it got to like nine weeks and I still hadn't had a bona fide smile. I'd had like lots of little lips turning up at the side. It was very cute, but no actual, I'm looking at you. You were looking at me. You are smiling at me. You can see me. I'm your mother. Love me. Smile at me. I didn't have one of them. So I was, I was getting quite nervous thinking, have we failed a test already? Is this bad? And it's so stupid that like, it's bad. It's bad. Obviously there are some signs if you don't smile for a long time, there's signs it could be related to autism, I think, or so. I don't know what it is, uh, developmental problems or whatever. But then he finally smiled and it was a massive relief, to be honest. 
And it's a lovely smile. It's a really sweet smile. And I'm finding it really interesting because he looks different to Donnie and Ten, which I know he's a different person, but Donnie and Ten are almost identical. The the boy gene in this family is very, they just look, they look identical at each age, whereas Margot is identical to me. So um, Becca is a different thing. He's, I don't know, I, I hope he hasn't switched at the hospital, but he definitely looks different and it's nice seeing a, like a different smile it's nice and the other big news in the house flat thing accommodation is that 10 is saying mama it's not mama it's mama mama and it's it was just overnight suddenly yeah you're my mama and where even if i go out of you know even you can't see me for a second He's shouting it all day long. Mama, I love it. I love it so much. I love it. Because it, apparently it's easier to say the duh sound. So they say daddy much quicker than they do mama or mummy or whatever. Mom, mom, mother. Imagine if a first thing a toddler said, mother, mother, come hither. Um, so that's two nice things. And the other, I don't know, it's just it's all encompassing half term again. All, all mother encompassing. Mother already does paper mache, takes them to the library, plays Griffins, imaginary games, and baking all in one day. That's a typical day in half term. That's our day two. We're on day two of half term, and I've done that already today with Alfie, to be fair. Isn't that, that's just stupid. That's too many activities in one day. But Margot is very keen on lists. So she likes writing a list and telling me the night before, remember, I'm going to write my list, mommy, in the morning. So we've got to do everything on my list. And I, I, I don't like seeing her face when it's crushed if we don't fulfill everything on that list. So we've done a lot today and I'm quite tired. And I thought this podcast was a little bit of a, I've actually just come upstairs pretending I'm going to change the sheets because the baby vomited on the sheets last night. So, um, I mean, I change the sheets every day, every day. If you co-sleep, you change the sheets all the time. So I'm hoping tomorrow is a less intense list from Margot. She's got this really sweet tooth growing in front of her. So she, a tooth, her first tooth fell out, which was a big deal. She, she, she tried to get it to fall out for so long. It was, I was kind of worried she was tugging it too much. And now, and her tooth has started growing, her big tooth. But now a random tooth has started growing in front of her new tooth, right in the place where the, the baby tooth was and she believes it's it's very innocently she believes her tooth is growing back and she's upset because that means that she wouldn't have had a tooth fall out because that's a sign of her being you know mature and like a big girl so she believes it's growing back and she's really upset about it and I don't know I don't know why this tooth is growing back and I also don't want to go to the dentist because it's such a drag taking kids to the dentist it's like well, it's on a on a par with having to buy kids new shoes. One of the most annoying things about parenting is buying your kids shoes. You just have to buy them so many shoes. Ah. Oh. So, dentist, and and she needs new shoes. So this week I'm now going to go to the dentist and to buy her shoes. Two things I don't want to be doing, to be honest. So I'm trying to just pretend that the tooth is normal and everyone has teeth like that until something happens and then they just suddenly disappear. I don't sound very doting, do I? Not wanting to get my kid new shoes, but oh my God. 
And I remember shoe shops as a kid being these brilliant places, magical kingdoms where you go downstairs at Clark's and there's a slide and a tunnel and confetti. Now, the, the kids' shoe shops aren't like that. They're not as magical. We already did paper mache this morning. It's just, there was glue everywhere. It was really, really uncomfortable as well doing paper mache when you're holding a newborn baby in a baby carrier and you've got a toddler spreading PVA glue all over the carpet. It's just an uncomfortable experience, especially when the only paper you have for the paper mache are old copies of the week, which Alfie let me rip up very kindly. And so as we were doing the paper mache, I just saw the depressing news from around the world I've been trying to avoid. You might have seen on Instagram, I did my first advert, which is very exciting, for Baby Bjorn. Really cool. I was given two baby carriers, a leopard print one and a landscape one. And they haven't asked me to talk about this, obviously. I don't even know if they really realized that I did the advert for them, but I did. <laughs> but I just love these baby carriers so much. And it was really weird because the advert was meant to be about how I recycle Baby Bjorn products and how I pass them on to friends or family. And it's true. It's, it's, it was a perfect thing for me to do because I have used Baby Bjorn for, since Donnie was born. I've used Baby Carrier from Baby Bjorn. I've, I've, I've lended the baby bouncers we've got to friends and family. I put Becca or whoever, whichever baby, I, we use the baby bouncer from Baby Bjorn more than anything else, more than any other product. The second you get pregnant, I, the second I got pregnant, I was like, okay, we've got to find the baby bouncer. Um, so it was a perfect advert for me, but it did make me suddenly conscious that people might think, oh, she's just doing adverts and being kind of, you know, pretending that she's an influencer now when I'm not, you know, I would obviously, I'd love to be an influencer, but I'm, I'm really not. And it was a genuine uh, product that I'm really passionate about. So I hope that no one saw that and thought, what's she doing? Why is she doing that? Why is she doing that? Anyway, it was a really stressful time getting the picture taken for that because I made BB take it and then my mom take it and then my brother take it and it all awful, all awful photos. And then I had to post them. Just I'm really not good at taking my photo at the moment. I think that might be something to do with me feeling lost just because I don't know how to present myself because I'm this awkward geek. I'm not an influencer who can just stand there and pout and, you know, do a TikTok dance to a fun song and make up videos and head. You know, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm just very awkward. So I don't know if I should, and I don't know if, I don't know if that's actually clear on my social media stuff. I don't know if it's clear that I am this awkward creature or do I seem much more self-assured than I am? Tell me, message me. Another mistake we did this week is let them watch Stranger Things. Don't let your kids watch Stranger Things, especially if they're under eight, like my children. But I just suddenly got so bored of The Simpsons, <laughs> which I know they shouldn't watch that either. But I, I think The Simpsons is fine, to be honest. It's so beautiful and like funny. If There are some rude bits, but just let yourself watch The Simpsons. So <laughs> we watched a bit of Stranger Things and Donnie had nightmares, obviously and had to sleep in my bed. So uh, next to 10 and the newborn baby. So there was four of us in a, in a bed, which was ridiculous. Obviously I was very safe. Don't worry. I made sure that Becca was only in the bed when I was feeding him and then I put him back. Um, 
before anyone messages me about guidelines. Um, but yeah, Stranger Things is really good. Am I really late to the party on that? I'm reading a really good book right now called, what is it called? <laughs> oh yeah, The Secret Lives of Church Ladies. I don't know who it's by. It's really good. It's got a peach on the front cover. Read it. It's really, really good. Um, I'm going to wrap up now because I, I need to go downstairs, but it was also a really big week last week because my paperback came out, Sunset, and you would have probably heard me speak about this book lots, but the paperback is now out. I'm not with a big publisher. I'm with a new publisher who are amazing to me, but it does mean that you know, there's not a huge amount of copies getting printed, I think. So if you are in a bookshop and it's sold out, which I'm not being arrogant here, but there's very few copies in each Waterstones, for instance. If that, if, if it's sold out, please, can you ask Waterstones to order it in? Because then it means that the publisher is forced to print more. That's why I understand about the book publishing industry. I don't really know that much. I'm a newbie, obviously. But so far it's out and it's done really well. It's having a really nice response. And me and BB did an amazing event at Waterstones last week, which was attended by a hundred people, which was really mind blowing for us because I don't know, we always are just surprised that people kind of like us. And BB and I had this very sweet and intense and rude and sad chat about grief and sisterhood and stuff. If you want to listen to what the chat was about, we actually did a podcast uh, for our podcast just before it, which we talk about a lot of the themes. But I am really grateful if you've read it and if you shared the book. And I can't believe I wrote that when I was pregnant with 10. A lot of it was written when I was pregnant with 10 and when he was born. So I feel really close to the book in a way. I feel like it's part of my, it's like a, a baby, which I know I, you hear authors say sometimes you're like, gross. but it does feel like a, like I birthed this book and I'm really relieved it's over. I'm really relieved that it's out and it's just done and I can now focus on what I might do next and try and gather my thoughts for my next book, which I started writing. I have started writing, but I had to have this pause with COVID and everything. And then now with Becca. So I feel like this chat is kind of gear, gearing me up to starting the process of writing again, which is really scary because like I say, I'm a new person now. And I'm really hoping that my next book is really happy. <laughs> really happy because the beautiful thing about Sunset is that so many people have messaged me their stories of grief and who they've lost. So many names stick in my mind now when I think of messages that I've got from people of who they've lost, the names of who they've lost. Um, but I'm really hoping that next time around it's um it's a happy book. Anyway, I'm gonna go now and I feed the baby. Breastfeeding, exclusive breastfeeding, EBF, apparently. EBF. Are you EBFing? I'm EBFing. EBFing basically means that you can never be apart from the baby. Uh, because you constantly need to feed him. I also haven't got the the knack of leaving the baby in a different room yet is just, it's never really in a different room to me right now. It's, he's with my mom or Alfie downstairs. So don't worry, he's safe, but 
this is, I, I can never be away from the baby for more, if I'm not doing something like, so when I had to do the Waterstones event and then I went on to do Sunday brunch on Sunday on Channel 4, which was really fun. But my mom was downstairs in the green room hovering about with the baby bouncer, baby Bjorn, sorry. Um, and I, I, when I had a little bit off air, I came to feed the baby and that was nice. Sunday brunch is just a very cool thing to do. Like I, I always feel slightly ridiculous going on that program because they say your name like you're somebody and I'm not. So when they're like, here we are with Jesse Cave and I'm just like, well, I, can you just explain that I'm here for a reason? I'm here for a reason. I was promoting a new TV show I'm in, which um, I'm going to talk about next week because it's quite a funny situation and experience. Um, but I, 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 I risked it and I put my hair up in a bun for Sunday brunch. If you watched it, you would have seen my bun. I really wanted to wear my hair down, but I've now realized my hair's got to such a ridiculously long length that I just look a bit weird, like too weird to wear it down. So I wore it up in a bun and I thought that would be safe for my good side. So I've got one good side, which is my right. And then I've got a bad side, which is my left, obviously, um, where my ear is quite pointy. See, I'm just showing the camera here. I'd look a bit like I should be in The Hobbit or Lord of the Rings. And the camera, obviously, for my interview was on my bad side. So throughout the interview, which was all about my book and grief and stuff, I just couldn't stop thinking, your ear looks really silly. Why did you not, why did you have your ear out? It's embarrassing. Put your ear away. Put your ear away. Ear away. Put your ear away. As I was having to answer questions and yeah, silly, silly. Anyway, I know that all ears are beautiful, but. I don't know. I don't know why I started talking about my ear. I'm sorry. I'm going to go downstairs now and I'm really grateful for you listening. And I will be back very soon to talk more things of life. Okay. <laughs> if you want to watch this video, it's on Patreon. I, I do quite a lot on Patreon, um, which is a really great thing for artists to, you basically buy us a coffee each month. And you see extra content for our podcasts and I do diary entries, although I haven't been able to do my diary entries online for a couple of weeks because it's just been mad since Alfie came back. And um, so they do kick up again. I will kick them up. I will start them up. I won't kick them. I'll start them up again next week for you. Thank you for listening. It's patreon.com forward slash cave sisters. And if you want to listen to my podcast with my sister, which some of you don't know that I do, which is amazing to me. Um, it's called We Can't Talk About That Right Now. And we're actually going to start doing some live podcasts soon if you want to come and see us in the flesh. But thank you. for And obviously, if you want to buy Sunset, please buy Sunset. That would be great. Lots of love. Bye.